0: Welcome back to the
1: Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today I'm joined by Dr. Irene Kopp, and we are talking about retraining your brain to heal autoimmunity. As an expert in neuroplasticity, Dr. Irene shares why people develop autoimmunity and what we can do about it. We discuss the energy vampires that contribute to your condition and how to use neuroplasticity to retrain your brain and heal. Dr. Irene, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Appreciate being here. I am really looking forward to our conversation and sharing your not only your expertise, but just the energy you bring for listeners. So, I would love for you. I always start with, you know, how did you get to be doing what you're doing? I would love for you. I know you have an incredible story and I feel like that's what makes all of us lean in and think, "Oh, maybe me too." So, would you would you be willing to share your journey with us?
2: It would be my pleasure. And so where do I start? Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's a that's a really good question. So, I started out as a meditation instructor, a neurophysiological meditation instructor years ago, back when the earth was green and unicorns roamed the earth. And it was back at a time where the only people who were meditating were gurus or hippies. And I learned it as as a way of, of teaching people biofeedback how to improve their um, or gain control over their so-called involuntary nervous system and and help themselves heal So that was the very first thing and so that was my first foray into health and wellness and in my first degree and then I became a doctor of chiropractic followed that up with acupuncture in other words I was, I was already on a mission and a course to improve the world and save people's lives and love what I did. And I thought I was on top of the world. I really truly did. I thought I had it all going on. I was a single mom at this point. I was, you know head of the PTA, the, you know, Business Improvement Association. I almost single-handedly ran a, what's called the Lakeshore Festival in Toronto that gets hundreds of thousands of visitors every year. Like I was doing it all. I was superwoman. I can hear it already in your story, Irene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I even had the best year financially in my clinic. Yep. Right. Like, as I said, I was on top of the world until I crashed and burned. And I crashed and burned. Literally, you and I in the green room were just talking about where I I live in Canada, and I was driving in northern Canada. And in northern Canada, there's an area called the Canadian Shield, and so you you drive through these these hilly, windy areas, and there's massive rock faces on either side of of the road and I lost consciousness the road curved and I drove straight into basically like a three-story rock face and I woke up to seeing a fire in the engine and the engine was basically in my lap and My two young children were in the car with me, and I couldn't see them. I had no idea what was going on with them. All I knew is that we waited what seemed like forever to have the jaws of life come and cut us out. And I was very aware of pain. Pain, pain so pure that it was like I was vibrating outside of myself turned out that I broke 10 bones, including my neck, back, both sides of my pelvis, and, you know, moving on down. Had a mild head injury, brain injury. I still have the scar right sure. here. And my six-year-old son was running around witnessing what had other adults at the scene throwing up. So needless to say, my six-year-old son developed PTSD like that. My four-year-old son suffered a catastrophic brain injury and needed to be airlifted to the nearest pediatric hospital, which was in Toronto at the time, three hours away. And they didn't know if he was going to live for about two or three weeks after undergoing emergency life-saving surgery, brain surgery. And... In the midst of all this, it was the first SARS quarantine. Oh, boy. So the first SARS, the little sea bug that's traveling the world right now is the second SARS. They just call it something different to differentiate. And so I was in hospital with 10 broken bones and all alone because I couldn't have visitors. I couldn't see my children. And I'm not Ashamed to say that I was bawling my eyes out sure it was truly the lowest moment of my life because I I was going crazy for fear with you know for my children I couldn't see them I was getting news secondhand, you know from other people who would call in at one point they didn't even know that there was like a mom involved like you know and oh. I was at a whole different hospital right like it was a really you know the truth is stranger than fiction and I go into this detail because I, I want people to, to sit up and, and pay attention. And I'll, I'll explain why. In that moment, I'm all alone in this dark hospital room, forget, you know, racked with pain. I was spiraling down in guilt and shame and remorse. And, and you know, my inner judge and jury was like, what kind of mother was I? know what kind of doctor was I not to know that I had this condition what kind of monster was I you know it was like did I even deserve to live that was you know what was you know whirling around my mind and the question that kept coming to mind was why me Hmm. why me and and yeah absolutely there was a massive dose of self-pity like why me but deeper down, the more important question was, why me? Why did this happen to me? I was a doctor. I did everything right. You know, nutrition and exercise, yoga, meditation. But the only thing that I could be so-called faulted for was that I, you know, had two young children. So, you know, I got as much sleep as a single mom, you know, with two young children does. And What I realized was that I was, and I I believe this for each and every one of us, including your listeners, we are designed for success. I truly believe that every baby who is born is, is designed for success. They have their own unique set of gifts and talents and genius whether they have Down syndrome or whatever, it doesn't matter. Sure. We are all infinitely valuable. Yes. And can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. Yeah, you're from Jersey. You're, am I Absolutely. allowed to say hell here on this? You okay, can good. say whatever
1: you good, want. Good, good,
2: good. I'll only, I'll use it sparingly. You're from later. Canada. So I'm a farmer. <laughs> exactly. So, so... We are born infinitely valuable. And a baby knows that, right? A baby knows. Like they don't sit there and go, oh, I have to earn my way before I can like get fed or cuddled or right. But somewhere along the way, by mostly well-meaning people, we are programmed to believe that we have to achieve to be worthy. Right. That we have to prove that we've got what it takes that, you know, and, and you can add on all of the different layers of 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 programming. And it's and it's it's what our society, our culture not only accepts, they expect it right it, which is why burnout has such a, a stigma which thank goodness is is changing and I'm on a mission to change that it's that we have it, it, i call it the gauntlet mentality and you know if doctors make the worst patients it's because there are certain careers like doctors where the gauntlet mentality is is alive and well and and hammered into us that you have to prove you've got what it takes to be a doctor you you can't just it's not good enough just to be the best and the brightest and want to help people no you got to prove you know working 100 hours a week as a resident or right like it's it's crazy that that
1: you're gonna defy all laws of wellness and still perform top of
2: your game yeah exactly exactly (gasps) and and, but here's the thing, I'm, I'm going to, I, I'll, you know, admit on behalf of doctors, doctors make the worst patients. You could say all healthcare providers make the worst patients. All moms make the worst patients, right? Because they're constantly women and guys, not to leave you out, we'll get there. But it's like we women are, are programmed with a special set of, of, you know, rules, you know, little girls are to be seen and not heard that it's, you know, you're selfish if you don't put everyone else's needs in front of you. And that there's like some kind of badge of honor to sacrificing like a martyr, you know, for yourself. Right. And, you know, on top of needing to prove that you're worthy of love, health, happiness, success, right, guys, you got a separate, you know, yeah separate right you know, you know suck it up take it like a man be strong great right? like so yeah. guys you you have your your uh, you know layer of of programming as well i had a lot of time to think in that hospital bed and what i realized was that we may be designed for success we're set up for failure by our programming, and by other factors that I lovingly call energy vampires that suck the life out of us, suck the energy out of us, and set us up for burnout and what I call flame-out syndrome, which is the, the... catastrophic version of of burnout where you you develop the physical symptoms and autoimmunity is one condition that is is very much tied in with that and you know where you can possibly crash and burn it may be with hypoglycemia like I developed where I lost consciousness because my blood sugar crashed and burned before I did, right? Or it may be an autoimmune condition, right, where your immune system is de- depressed and 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 inflammation, which is a derangement of the immune system, you know, causes your your body to attack its its own cells. Right? So I realized there and then that I was <laughs> Rather than allowing myself to spiral continue spiraling down into you're a monster, you don't deserve to live, yeah. I chose to transmute those burdens of what I felt into what I called the burden of responsibility that if I could help one family, one person avoid what my family and I did, then I would be successful. And that was years ago. I went back, got my medical degree, got a slew. I, you know, specialized in, in brain injury and neuroplasticity because I refused to accept the prognosis that, you know, my son would never walk, talk or pass high school. He does both. And he's in his fourth year of engineering. They're both doing great. Yay. Not to leave everyone hanging on, on that score. Right. Yeah. and, and. And then I got a whole slew of coaching certifications. It's like, what do I need? What what pieces of information do I need? Number one, to heal my family, and sure. then to heal, help my clients heal against all odds. And and so that is now my mission as founder of the Stress to Success Shift Institute is to show people that. And guide people in awakening to the awareness, number one, that we are all born to be extraordinary. Extraordinary people are just ordinary people who believe that they can do it and they take action on it. Mm-hmm. And you can heal yourself. Well, say Truly, truly believe. You can <laughs> heal yourself, right? All it takes is is eliminating those barriers to healing. Yeah. that The body
1: is designed to do it. It's not, you know, I, I remember my story back in the earlier days of my healing journey was, or before I really began to heal, I would hear healing stories. And this is why I asked for your story in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to dive a little deeper into how you help people. But I had heard, not many some healing stories when I was really ill, and mm. still love the mindset that that was my fate. And I had my own, you know, I had my own versions of, of well, they, you know, maybe they experienced a miracle. Maybe they weren't really sick. Maybe, you know, like, mm-hmm. and this is why we do this, right? Both of us is I, I, if nobody else ever believes a doctor when they say, you know, Here's your autoimmune diagnosis and you can't heal. I then I figured one of my jobs well done. And then like you, the other hand is I, I love helping people through that journey and, and watching the transformations. So. Cats out of the bag. Absolutely. We Absolutely. And heal. There's so many things that you brought up that I want to circle back to. And I know we don't yes. have five hours scheduled for <laughs> conversation. And listeners are not expecting I should five I
2: should have I should have asked you how long you wanted me to spend on my story.
1: No, well it's 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 it, you were very concise. I mean, it's all so important. So no, I'm the one who has to temper. Like, okay, I can't ask about every single thing. I wanna, I wanna dive right into. Well, and I wanna highlight. Actually, I'm gonna go back to to take your story and because you, you connected the dots already with, you know, the universe stopped you in your tracks. Right, mm-hmm. and for you, it was a blood sugar dip that led to this unbelievable accident. That most people would be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't relate to that." You you equate that with it, it's it's. I always say, you know, if if we don't listen, you know, it gets louder. And whether it's this, you know, intense thing like you experienced, or this accumulations of symptoms that leads maybe or maybe not to a diagnosis, or you know, however it shows up the universe will stop us at some point in some way. And and I love your distinction between burnout and flame out because I, as somebody who suffered for years with autoimmunity that, that I'm like, Oh, I, I could feel it when you said flame out is like, yeah, this. Um, I know.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. That's it's what like, I did. I, I'm going to just say, it's like, uh, some people are like, what's flame out. Ed, you know, versus burnout. Everybody's heard of burnout. And it's a pet peeve of mine that, you know, burnout, the term was coined by a Dr. Freudenberger back in the 70s. And he and everyone since has defined it as only workplace related. I was just going to say, you think of like, that's what you think of. Right. Yeah. And only mental and emotional. Right. So, oh, well, yeah, I, oh. all we have to do, number <laughs> one is, well, even the World Health Organization, that's how it's, di- it's defined wow. as only mental and emotion and only workplace related. Anybody who has been on this earth over the last couple of years mm. understands that it's no longer just work-related stress. That's maybe a huge part of it. It's you know personal life. It's our relationship. It's physical illness is a stress, sure. right? And and wars going on. The fears that are rampant, right? And so you watch
1: the news.
2: Yeah, <laughs> take so a vacation many, from the news. So please. many, please. <laughs> right. So and 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 then only mental and emotional where you feel tired and detached from you know and you don't like what you're doing anymore essentially that's what burnout means so i went okay i can either go fight the world health organization in 40 40 almost 50 years of of history with the term burnout or i can create my own and i had a friend who was a pilot and so we were talking about flame out. It's, it's an aviation term, which it literally means that when one of your one or more of your engines cut out, yeah. right, that you can, you know, and you start to spiral down, yep. you start to dip. There's a possibility you can pull out. Right. Or you may but crash and But you have to do something. <laughs> You're not just going to. Right. You actually right. have to take. That's the moment you've got right. to take action. Right. Or you may crash and burn, which is yeah. the catastrophic part of it. And, right. and so to me, that's the physical manifestation I call a syndrome. That just means that it has a constellation of, of symptoms, right? Um, and here's the thing that I, when I said in my, as I was saying to my story, I thought I was on top of the world. The reality is I didn't want to know. Right right because it went counter to everything that i was programmed like you know to muscle through to push through to tough it out right so that was that part so i honestly did not recognize any mental or emotional components to it right and and yes it it, it was one of those things that if i had just been in my home i might have lost consciousness just in my home and it would not have had as severe the reality was I was in adrenal exhaustion and didn't know it. Sure. Right. And that was the part of the why me, because, and when I talk about energy vampires, it's, it's a huge component is your programming, right? It's what pushes us, especially we purpose-driven high achievers, any perfectionists in your audience, right? That you have to it's probably
1: know, 98% at least of the exactly, audience. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like so-called type A personalities. And they may it's, not self-define that way. And that's the, and I wanted right. to highlight that as well. Uh, you said it in your story. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feel stressed out. Right. To be experiencing this syndrome. And that's the mm-hmm. that's the thing I think that people really need to understand. I have people show up all the time. And you you said it before, too. You know, illness is a stressor. I have people that show up and they tell me they're not stressed. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you are. (laughs) We need to get you in touch with what's really going on.
2: Yeah, because that's the other part of the the programming, right, is that... And and our unconscious response is to detach ourselves. It's like, you know, muscling through pain. It's, you know, there's a reason why we have pain receptors in, in our body, right, in different types of pain receptors, because they they're meant to be part of our alarm system right? Our safety system. And yet we are trained to ignore them. Yeah. And we're trained to ignore mental pain. We're trained to ignore emotional pain. And I, you know, it's all pain, right. right? And, and so what I also recognized in that long time of having lots of time to think was that it's number one, you're programming, and that into combination with the trauma that is impacting you. And and here's the thing. It's your personal trauma that you may or may not recognize. Right. Right? Like, in other words, number one, like, for instance, I don't have any memories before the age of eight. Because I had a very abusive childhood. My father had had ptsd from atrocities he witnessed in the military in the congo in the 60s right before i was born and you know so he he was basically told at that time because i didn't recognize it you know suck it up take it like a man and by the way this is confidential and you're not allowed to talk to anyone about it right and so he did what any good soldier would do he soldiered on and he self-medicated with alcohol right and he honestly didn't even remember anything of what he did when he did that right you know so that's what i say like i didn't even recognize the trauma inside because i wiped it out right we have this beautiful coping mechanism in yeah. our brain that when something is too much we we literally you know, we'll, we'll block it out and and, and have amnesia around it. I'm, I'm also a superhero geek. So for any of you who have watched Moon Knight, it was a, a beautiful example without ruining the plot line for anybody, okay. you know, where, and I think this is kind of well known in the trailers, that he has the... The hero has dissociative dissociative disease disorder, which is where literally it's like your personality's fracture. It's considered part of schizophrenia, but really what it is is your it's a coping mechanism where your personalities fracture so that you can handle manage the trauma that you are experiencing, right? And to keep a part of you safe. And and so our unconscious mind is so powerful that you may not even recognize. Or how about this as a cultural, right? Like what is considered to be trauma right. is very much based on culture. Like if you've ever heard the term rule of thumb, you ever heard that? Rule of thumb? The reason I'm why not we say familiar rule. with that. Uh, is it a Canadian thing? Anyway, it might be. It's, it's, it's a phrase that's well-known, it's called, you know, the rule of thumb is this. Well, the rule of thumb actually comes from a British law that was in place that said that a man could not use a, a, oh. a, a stick thicker than his thumb to beat his wife, children, or animals. When women and children were were still considered chattels and it was expected that the man of the household would keep them in line right that spare the rod spoil the child thing right so that may not be the law anymore and yet remember that programming right gets carried on and down and down and and so we have so many things that like that that we may not even recognize as, as trauma because our society, our culture, even our religion may feel that it's, it's completely normal, right? Again, it goes back to that suck it up, take it like a man kind of thing, right? Or know your place as a female, even if we, we consciously, like we think we've been programmed with something else. Guess what? Our, our parents and then our grandparents, right? It's like we have been programmed with, sure. you know, carrying it it down. Like basically our programming is like cavemen <laughs> technology on the most well, and, sophisticated. And we're
1: not aware of the generational yeah. stuff. We're not aware right. of the ancestral stuff, you know, mm-hmm. even and often even if we haven't dissociated or Blocked out. We don't. I, I saw a, a cute thing that it was like, you know, you realize you've experienced trauma when you're telling your girlfriend's a story and you see the horrified looks on their faces, and you weren't even thinking of it that way, you know. So sometimes mm-hmm. we need that feedback and perspective yeah,
2: yeah, to realize. Absolutely. So, so there's I that. Say yeah.
1: None of us get here without that. Um, Right. And then
2: when you add in intergenerational trauma, which is the trauma of your parents that you have been socialized with their fears and but now they know epigenetic PTSD, which is another term of of coined, which they now realize that that fears can be transmitted down through your genetics, your DNA expression, and also physical conditions. And increased mortality can be carried down without you even perhaps, you know, having met your grandparents, your great grandparents, right. and, and, and so on. And all of these act like massive energy vampires that can be sucking your life force and causing massive energy inefficiencies that you may be saying, oh, I'm not stressed. Right. But guess what? You have like, I refer to resilience as like a pot of water, right? So you have a pot of water that is sitting on your stove, you know, and hope you know, typically it's like at room temperature to start and then you slowly turn up the heat. That's the stress, right? And it takes like a certain amount of temperature range before you start to simmer and boil over. Well, all of these, the programming, the traumas and other responses that we get into and, and about at the institute right raises the temperature of that water without you even realizing it so sure. to all intents and purposes it may just look like a you know a pot of water still right the thing is is that it may take very little for it to suddenly boil over yeah right so when you look at all of the traumas that you're not even likely aware of the programming the fear responses the the sabotage patterns that we have you know that train us that you have to like overachieve and you know push 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 that kind of thing right it makes it it makes it far easier for many of us to to boil over that much more quickly, and then you add in a dose of, of you know, like, you know, the little sea bug, and sure. everything else that's been happening in the last couple of years, and guess what? There's no room. Yeah, pots. Full. There's no room. So guess <laughs> what's going to happen, right? If especially yeah. if you're trained to ignore the mental and emotional symptoms, right, right? And, and you soldier on. Has We've all been and trained all, to do and the
1: physical. I, I, I think of when I was single parent, three kiddos with all of these autoimmune symptoms that if I wasn't, you know, didn't want to be the good mom or, you know, didn't ha- feel like I had to, I had to ignore them. Mm-hmm. to get through my day, right? I had yeah. to take care of my kids. And so I didn't understand obviously then that in order to do that best, prioritizing myself and my health would have been the optimal way to do that. But how, so how do we, how are you using, how can we use neuroplasticity to help heal autoimmunity?
2: Hmm. Big question. question. I know. I love that question. <laughs> I love it.
1: Bring it on. Uh, well, because if we leave it there, that sounds pretty doom and gloom, and that's not. I what know. I one know. This
2: is about right. It's no. More, no. Exactly. We're exactly. talking about
1: this because we can heal, and there, and we yes. know, you know, things that we need to do to heal. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about healing absolutely through neuroplasticity. Absolutely. So, and I guess actually. Will you define neuroplasticity for us first?
2: Mm. Great point. So yeah. neuroplasticity simply means the ability of the brain to change and to grow and by that means to heal. And and so neuroplasticity is your ability to to I I love the term, retrain your brain, Mm -hmm. for healing. And, And I'll go back to that time when they finally decided that my son was going to live. And I remember sitting there listening to one of the world's foremost neurosurgeons, pediatric neurosurgeons, saying, you know, telling me that... He was never going to walk. He was never going to talk. And he would never pass high school. He would be one of those special needs kids for the rest of his life. And and when I said, because as a chiropractor, we already talked about this word. Mm-hmm. When I said, what about neuroplasticity? And he went, no, you don't understand. It's gone. The tissue is gone. And trust me, I've seen a spec scan of my son's brain, and he's literally missing like a third of his left hemisphere. So strictly speaking, without neuroplasticity, he shouldn't. That's where he would have been. Right. He shouldn't be able to walk, talk, or pass high school. And thank goodness. You You knew better. Number one, that, that neurosurgeon was wrong. I say that with all the love of my heart. Number two, I did not believe him. Yeah. Which is, That's as the, I said, the big gift. Yeah. Right. Right. And and so I knew that neuroplasticity was a thing. And and so I set out to prove it. And I got, as I said, I went back and got every certification, medical degree, whatever I needed to, to prove it and to make people listen to me. And I raised my son believing, like I, number one, never told him the what the of prognosis course. was. Yeah. I said, you are a genius. You can do this. Yes, you're gonna have to work hard and right. and at the same time when the going gets tough for everyone else, you're just gonna keep going because, right, you're used to it. So my my kid had like Two hours of therapy and tutoring every single day after school from kindergarten right up into high school. So I'm not saying it didn't take hard work because guess what? That is the retraining your brain part because the fundamental principle behind neuroplasticity is that nerves that wire together, fire together. I'll repeat that. Nerves (laughs) that wire together, fire together. I said it wrong. Nerves that fire together, wire together. In other words, it does take repetition, right? And what ends up happening is that another part of your brain will actually get recruited over and take over that function. Yep. Yep. That's the beautiful part about neuroplasticity. So, and it's why I'm so passionate about the, the power of the mind and our powers to heal. Because if my son can do what he's done and he's missing a huge amount, then why not all of us? Right. Right. So, the retrain your brain is understanding that it all starts up here, right? Like So when I talk about retrain your brain, I'm not even just talking about mindset. Mindset's great. I love mindset and it's a conscious thing, right? Everything happens though at the unconscious level, right? Your unconscious mind is what's running the show 99% of the time. Your emotions, your thoughts, And you know this if you've ever had those thoughts that think you or those emotions that feel you, and it runs your body. Yes. Right? It's like all your automated processes because you could not survive a minute if you had to think about, okay, I got to beat my heart. Now I got to breathe. Now I got to, like, right? Yeah, we'd be gone. Yeah. Right? So we need our unconscious mind to do that. And our unconscious mind not only runs that show, it's, it runs the the operating system it's running on is our programming that's downloaded into us and most people have never upgraded their programming their operating system like how far would we get even with our phone if we didn't do that right like it wouldn't we, work anymore exactly <laughs> well guess what uh-huh. it's the same thing with our brain so that's why I say to people that if you aren't getting better, and, and I now talk about 360 degrees success as the opposite to burnout and stress. So hence the shift from stress to success. But it's understanding that you, know, you can't have a successful career, financial freedom, successful health and energy, successful relationships, successful personal life you know without having a healthy programming and and so what we show people how to do is to retrain their brains upgrade their programming get rid of the old glitchy shit stuff and 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 oh, then the canadian cursed i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sorry that's 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 the canadian word is sorry everyone thinks it's a no it's sorry we're sorry and 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 then no you
1: need to reprogram that stop (laughs) right now
2: (laughs) exactly exactly and 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 then we we show our clients how to release the impact of the trauma right? In other words, it's a beautiful part of our thing about our brains, our our unconscious primitive brain, where you have your amygdala, which is your emotion center. And it's like that five alarms, you know, that go off, like when you're under stress. And right next to it is the hippocampus, which is your memory center, right? And then wrapped around it is the limbic system that, well, controls everything, including pain, right? It's where pain is perceived, Right. So with the trauma, what we do is is show people how to disconnect the emotional impact from the memories. Right. Which is so, huge. I mean, right. that's, the, that's the key. It's the key. And it's also, and as you said, because none of us truly is has, has not ever experienced trauma because...
1: We don't get to live on this planet unscathed. It just... No. Right.
2: And and it's also as i said the uh, you know what we how we define trauma because trauma really is any time that we feel overwhelmed or powerless. Right. Or our nervous system yeah. is so overwhelmed. So my
1: definition of
2: trauma is not going to be the same as yeah. somebody else's. Um, right. And when you're a 5-year-old it's so much easier to suffer trauma because let's face it you're this little wee being in this big universe and you are at the mercy of, of the universe right so huh? you have no control no power at that point so that's why we so often you know end up going back to childhood the most important thing is understanding that when we prune back the nerves right? That's how we do it. In, in neurophysiological terms, when we prune back the nerves of those connections that no longer serve us, then and we start growing new connections between nerves that do serve us, right? That's how we, we upgrade our operating system. All of a sudden, we have tons of energy that is released and 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 is now free for us to use. We can use it to improve our focus, our productivity, and guess what? To heal. I had a, a, a somebody took our retrain your brain program last year, and he was a C-suite, very busy guy, like you know, multiple titles, you know, in this sure. global company. And he knew he was like approaching burnout. And so he took my program and all of a sudden on LinkedIn, I I turned on to, to see uh, him posting this, this post saying, it's a miracle. And I'm (gasps) like, what is this? And he goes, Dr. Bean is a miracle worker. And, 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 Without me knowing, he had had multiple sclerosis, which is an autoimmune condition, for over 20 years. And even though it was mostly controlled by medication, there were still symptoms sure. that persisted. And side persisted. effects from the meds. Right. But it's like, you know, his face would droop. There was like, he had no feeling on the side of his face. He had trouble walking. He had trouble holding a coffee cup. Not things that necessarily other people would notice, but, you know, it was kind of like his silent symptoms. And what he noticed is that within a week of starting to take the boot camp, his symptoms started clearing up. And that was, it's a miracle. And I went, and this no. is why
1: we are having this conversation today. <laughs> right. Well, and and, and what and I, I said is that you didn't even know, because yeah. and this is what I mean by yeah. we don't even necessarily forget, aware of our stressors or qualified. That wasn't something he even thought to share, yeah. right? That wasn't his focus. That was a in his mind at the time. I'm sure that he joined the, the program was, it just was, it wasn't something that he yeah. ever thought possible to.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, because he, like so many people with autoimmune yeah. conditions believe that. You know, it's just the way it, it is. I'm going to have to live with it, especially like given that MS is about, you know, physical lesions yeah. in the nervous system. Right. And so, and go away. so he honestly <laughs> believed that, you know, he was stuck yeah. with it forever. And, and he was like, it's a miracle. I went, no, it's energy efficiency. <laughs> All you have done is started to free up precious energy that has been sucked out of you on a constant basis and now all of a sudden you can heal right so those lesions may not go away right now right and at the same time there's a ton of inflammation which i know you teach people about that is is causing the symptoms right Right. is is he a hundred percent you know, free and clear? No, guess what? You know, if he runs into something, it's likely gonna come back to bite him in the butt. And at least he has the tools. Right. That he can, you know, once he, he gets hit with the curveball, then he can he he knows the tools, right? That's why we're sure. very clear about teaching people I love the phrase, teach a man how to fish and feed him for a lifetime. Sure. Absolutely. Rather, right? Like it's Absolutely. teaching the tools. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, and I love that you use the operating system because I, I always talk about, again, whether we're aware or not, these programs open that are draining our energy. Absolutely. I didn't know that before we hit record today, but you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. uh, we can only, we only have so much bandwidth, right? Yes. Which is, goes back to the pot. I, my, I was, I was going to try to filter it, but since I don't have a filter, We were (laughs) giving us the analogy and we were talking about New Jersey before. Being from New Jersey, I I was thinking of, you know, your your pot of of water and you know, from room temp to warm to simmering to boiling over. And I was thinking of, you know, if you cook a lobster. (laughs) I know and that's why I they was count. like this is horrible don't say it I will say I don't eat shellfish anymore but I did grow up in an area where lobster is is a popular dish and that is how you cook a lobster you have to start at room temperature they don't notice the water getting warmer and warmer and they cook mm. if you put a lobster in a pot of hot water it will jump out oh well, yeah so but <laughs> I it, mean it, it's the same it's the same thing Right. It's not like it reaches a temperature where it's like, oh, now this is too hot. I'm leaving. No, it, it's and that's what I was thinking of. I was like, oh, my gosh, we're the lobsters.
2: <laughs> was, we are. Yeah, that is as, as painful as the analogy is. I know. It's, sorry. It's, it's very appropriate in terms of what happens. Right. Is that, you know, for most of us, the the water temperature gets higher gradually. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, you may start at a certain level that may feel normal to you because it's but it's what... not
1: room temperature. It's already, right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. So, but at some point you could say when we're born, it's like, we all start with room temperature water. It's just that in, whether it's in childhood through trauma or adversity, right. That Right? It, it The temperature raises without us even being aware of it. And then, you know, you pile on school and, and needing to achieve and, you know, and, and proving and, that and, we, and. we've got and, 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 and. And then, you know, it's, it gets to the point where you have a little sea bug, you know, racing around the world. And all of a sudden, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. That's another weird analogy. And... It's that it's it's not just that one thing, right? It's everything that led up to it, right? Right. Right. It's that not about and- the yeah.
1: Oh, if yeah. only that one thing didn't happen. Well, you were already full. Something was there's a tipping point. We all right. have a tipping point. Yes. So you've given us so much. Can listeners do today, like now, or? you know, by tonight, where can they start? What's one step that everybody listening can take to to start to improve?
2: their? I think that's my favorite question of all. And so the answer I'm going to give is this, that when you're in stress mode, which really is survival mode, your thinking brain is, which is your prefrontal cortex behind your forehead is wiped offline. Right, and it's 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 a very deliberate survival mechanism, right? Because as far as your brain is concerned, is when you are under threat, which is what stress is, survival mode, right, it's and in, in your face, let's go back to caveman days and there was a saber-toothed tiger staring you down. That's not the time to be going. Hmm, let me think about this for a second. Should I turn around and fight? Should I run for my life? Should I, I freeze, freeze and hope they don't know me? Right. In other words, it's like it's it's a neurological safety mechanism that our thinking mind is wiped offline and happens in a split second, just as our everything else that happens. Right. You you your body jumps into gear, your pupils dilate, the blood rushes from your, your intestines out to your, your muscles so that you're ready to fight or run, right? All of these things happen and you act on instinct, right? In other words, just as animals, we don't like to think we're animals, we are, right? Just as animals, like a gazelle is hardwired to run, a honey badger is hardwired to fight. Rabbit shivers in fears, and you've always heard like a deer caught in the headlights or a possum faints, right? In other words, we are the very same way and we act on instinct, why? Right? Because our thinking brain, our executive rock star team, is wiped offline. And so you can't think logically, you can't come up with creative solutions, you can't make good decisions, you can't galvanize yourself into action. In other words, you're you're on road. Either you're paralyzed because you, you haven't even started moving or you're like a hamster on a wheel and I got to go, go, go. I got to do something. I got to make this right. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to make this right. Or maybe it's your mind that's like on the hamster wheel and like, I don't know how to make this. You know, it's like I got to think of all the things that can go possibly wrong, right? That is what's happening. So you can't see your way clear to find the solutions and take action on them that will actually help get you out of our modern day stress and survival mode. So one of my favorite things to teach is what I call SOS tools that in seconds, moments, less than a minute, what can you do to quickly ground and center so that your unconscious mind, I mean, your conscious mind, your executive rock star team can kick Same back. Charge. <laughs> can, yeah, so they can come back online, mm-hmm. right? And so there's many different ways of doing it, and, and probably the, the fastest way, and I did this before we, you pushed the record button, uh-huh. did you notice? I did. You just start rubbing your hands together as soon as you can do this. Don't do this while you're driving, please. But you can rub your hands together, just pretend you're like a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout, feel the heat build up like you're, you're you know, trading fire. Really focus on, on how much pressure you have to put there. And then just allow your hands to separate and feel the tingling. And then just play with it. Move your hands farther apart, closer together. Imagine that you have this energy ball between your hands, and you do. It's your life energy. And notice that how it actually, as you move your hands farther apart, it actually gets stronger rather than weaker, right? And that's because when we are under stress, we tend to pull in our life energy thinking that we need to protect. It's kind of like how you go into the fetal position. But the reality is when you stretch your arms out farther and farther, and what you're really doing is you are... Allowing your life energy to spread out. That actually makes you stronger and more powerful. And this is not woo-woo. Our whole bodies run on electromagnetic energy. So what if they used to call it auras and chakras and right? But that's the reality. And you can literally, even Dr. Joe Dispenza says, and they've measured this that you can your energy field can can spread out like three yards beyond your body if you allow it to so by doing that you are actually making yourself stronger more powerful and then what also happens is and for those of you who are just listening spreading your arms up and out a harvard research study showed that when you spread your legs out your arms out even if you have to do it in the bathroom or in a stairwell before you need to go Superman. handle, like, you know, get into Superman or Superwoman pose, it actually sends the message to yourself, Right? I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm confident, I've got what it takes, no matter what happens. And you transmit that out to everyone else around you so that the Harvard researchers, even if that, the subject didn't do that right in front of people, right. they, had, they had others judging them without realizing what they were doing behind closed doors. And after the person held that pose... For a short time, and then walked into the room. The the panel on the other side actually judged them as being more brilliant and more successful than somebody who didn't do it.
1: Yeah, it's it is amazingly powerful, and it, it's funny. It and not woo woo at all. So science. <laughs> It is. So 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 rooted
2: in science. Very, very old
1: science. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a reason
2: why the military (laughs) harps so much on posture, right? Shoulders back. Shoulders back. (laughs) soldier. they
1: look good in battle.
2: (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's like, you know, put your chin up, put a smile on your face because by activating the smile muscles, it sends a message to the brain. Oh, she's happy. I better release more serotonin. Right so it's so your physiology creates your emotions and the rubbing the hands together without telling you what it was is a form of active meditation that you can do in Seconds, and I've done it so much and everywhere, but, and
1: anywhere, and I do yeah. it in front of people. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I don't hide in the bathroom. I, I do it wherever I am. The best place is airports. I <laughs> love, you know. Sometimes you'll
2: get somebody asking what you're doing, and then you can share, and that's fun too. <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely. I've I I I have been. You know, I do tapping, <laughs> emotional freedom technique yeah. from an acupressure standpoint. And I've been like sitting there like, you know, doing, uh-huh. <laughs> doing my tapping, like, you know, out in the middle of strangers, I don't care. Oh, yeah. No. I care yes. more about how I feel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's because you have changed your programming. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. And they're right. It gets them I to ask. It. It's like, as soon as they ask the question, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you have an opportunity to help them retrain their brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has
1: been beyond amazing. I know we went over time. I thank you for giving me extra time of yours. You have amazing gifts for listeners that are in the links are all in the notes. But if somebody is like I am and they listen on the go, where's the best place to find you?
2: I would say I'm on social as Dr. Irene Cop. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. My website is drirencop.com. That's D-R-I-R-E-N-E-C-O-P.com. And yeah, just reach out, DM me and, you know, let me know how things are going. And I encourage you guys not only to to start this
1: exercise, but to take advantage of the amazing gifts, that again, the links will be in the show notes because it's, there's so much value and we know you can heal. I'm not special. I we're all special, but I'm, I'm not special in the fact that I can heal. We all can. And so Absolutely. Dr. Irene has amazing tools to, to help you all do that. Thank you so much for sharing such gold with us today. My pleasure. For everyone listening, remember, you can get those show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I will see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, Just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guest. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.